I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show, where I interview staff at Microsoft across the Power Platform and Dynamics 365 technology stack. I hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology. Now, let's get on with the show. In this episode, we'll be focusing on the Dataverse Connector. Today's guest is from Atlanta, Georgia in the USA. He works for Microsoft as a senior product manager for Power Automate. You can find links to his bio, any of social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on the show. I'm really keen to get a bit of your background. Now, you're in Seattle, then moved back to Atlanta. Is that right? Yep. So I just moved back to Atlanta after about six years working for Microsoft in Seattle. Great to have that flexibility to keep working from home, to move back. And yeah, just got all, all set up back in Atlanta and closer to family and things, closer to home. Nice, nice. So just on, on that front, what do you do outside of Microsoft? What do you do for entertainment? You know, what food are you into in Atlanta? And yeah, anything about family? Definitely. Well, for the, about the past year and a half, I've been raising a mini Australian shepherd. Her name is Rue, taking care of most of my time outside of work, as you can imagine, they are quite a handful. That's that's two or three hours a day of just activity and getting out there and, and training and all of that. Um, I also have a cat named Clover. She's a small orange tabby. She's getting up there. She's aged nine. Also, um, caring for those guys. Besides that, I do some biking and running and yeah, definitely miss some of the bike trails and some of the scenery around Seattle, but it's great to be back in Atlanta and back in range of everything familiar here. Yeah. What's the best thing about Atlanta? For me, it's uh, family. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, in Atlanta, everything is, well, I mean, depending on, on traffic, you know, around a 20 minute drive away. So there's any cuisine you can imagine, um, even say a wider range than uh, than Seattle or some some parts out there is right nearby. And, you know, you can drive all the way up the East Coast uh, in a day if you want. You know, I've done the, the drive to New York before. It's about, about 13 hours. So it feels like, you know, if you get, <laughs> if you get tired of anything, it always just head up the coast or head into the, you know, the Smoky Mountains or other parts of Georgia or things. So it's all not too far out of reach. Nice. Atlanta seems to be one of those places that Microsoft used historically in the biz app space for a lot of their events, right? Definitely. Some of the major business applications conferences have been here and the Microsoft campus is growing. There's now, I believe, a couple thousand people based here with the new hub in Atlantic Station and they're planning further expansion as well. And yeah, I guess it, it all is very familiar with me. I, I grew up in the area and went to uh, Georgia Tech as well. So it's all, all, feel, all feels very close to home to be back. Nice. At one of those conferences because I've attended many conferences in Atlanta over over my career and I got to shoot the largest gun I've ever shot in my life. So it was a 50 cal gun sniper rifle, which I think every time you pull the trigger, you spent about 12 or $13 because, uh, you know, each cartridge, it was, it was amazing, but just, yeah, phenomenal experience in a gun range. I'm there. I was going to say, it's definitely a conference experience that I have not had. I do remember one of the times I was going home from Seattle, it was, I think around one of the conferences. So the whole plane, I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I flying away from work? Cause everyone on the plane seems to be from Microsoft going right, <laughs> right back to the conference. Yeah. Yeah, so true, so true. I tell you, in the early days of MVP Summit in Seattle is that we used to 
pretty much every time we went to summit, we would always go to a gun range because, you know, somebody like me from my country, guns are pretty restricted. And so, you know, to get to with my American colleagues and get to go and fire some phenomenal hardware at the gun range was quite entertaining, which we did every time in Seattle that we went. So yeah, kind of an associate with a Microsoft event. So my journey, I guess I'd say, I think from earlier on, I was always involved in, you know, sort of you know, tech assistant roles or AV pieces or that type of hardware. Um, at, at Georgia Tech, I studied computer science and had uh, kind of a first internship for a company doing process automation. Uh, an RPA vendor, it's, it's since been acquired, but uh, kind of got uh, got to experience um, kind of all those aspects of mm-hmm. solution development, right? Not just not just leveraging computer science concepts and stuff for, for their apps, but building really targeted applications for, you know, for call center processes or other back office pieces, right? Where you can kind of immediately see see the business value, right. And, and see how the workflows, if, you know, if just one thing is off, you've messed up something for hundreds of people and, and all of that. Right. So kind of moved on from some mm-hmm. of those pieces to another internship at Microsoft, followed on to the, the same team from there and spent about four years working on different internal teams at Microsoft, a variety of internal support tools, part of bringing our support experiences to leverage Dynamics 365 internally. So got to travel all over, you know, Microsoft support has a very broad footprint worldwide, got to see different sides of you know, almost every Microsoft product it feels feels like. And yeah, so got, got a lot of exposure there. And then about two and a half years ago, made the switch wow. to a, a more of a product role than, than some of those internal pieces and switched to working on some of the studio and mm-hmm. UI flows experiences in Power Automate. So that's since been rebranded to desktop flows, as, as some folks may be familiar. We've done a lot of work to make it possible, not just to automate pieces in the cloud, but things on your, on your desktop as well. Mm-hmm. So since working on some of those integration pieces, I've moved back more into some of the dynamics and dataverse pieces and currently managing our Dataverse connector, some of our Dynamics integration pieces, classic workflows, uh, some of these other aspects that, you know, Power Automate is wrapped up with in, you know, making the Power Platform the best look-good experience it can be. Yeah. So tell us, the Microsoft Dataverse connector, what is it? Where does it sit in the ecosystem? And what is it commonly used for? Yeah, so the, the Microsoft Dataverse connector is Power Automate's interface for automation of Dataverse and Dataverse-backed apps. So that's Dynamics 365, our industry cloud apps, and any custom apps that you've made, you know, in Dataverse for Teams, uh, outside mm-hmm. of Dataverse for Teams, where you're leveraging, you know, any any Dataverse capability, any data stored in Dataverse, and you're trying to now leverage that to integrate with other applications through the Power Automate Connector ecosystem, or simply build more advanced workflows or automated processes with those steps in Dataverse. So it's uh, customer facing in the sense that, you know, all of you listening depend on this very heavily and your cloud flows and, and integrations with Dataverse and Dynamics 365 across the platform, but we also use it uh, very heavily internally. So a lot of the Dynamics apps, Dynamics 365 marketing and other pieces are, are built themselves or different features are built themselves on this Dataverse connector and Power Automate to you know build different features and things that are backed by these automation capabilities. So uh, we, ser- we serve a lot of stakeholders from that respect, but it's all in that spirit of uh, improving Dataverse automation, making more types of automation possible through, through Dataverse. Nice. So th- there was, there's two connectors, right? There's an, there's an old and a new. Is the old one pretty much nobody's using it anymore or is it still actively being used? What's what's the position and, and why was there a transition between, you know, without just upgrading the old, why was there a decision around why a new connector? Yeah, so you can, th- you can think of it like with each major generation of some of the Dataverse pieces coming to be and moving from, you know, the older parts of Dynamics and everything that as the platform has evolved, there's basically been new connectors at, at different phases along the way. So the Dynamics 365 connector was a, a much older piece of that. 
the Microsoft Dataverse Legacy Connector is, you know, a bit more recent with that integration. And the current connector you see now, our Microsoft Dataverse Connector, is is looking to build on all those past aspects, right? Expose new capabilities, new actions. And the major piece that sets it apart is that it's natively integrated with Dataverse. So the other connectors follow some of the standard paths used by other connectors in the platform. But our current Microsoft Dataverse Connector is set up to actually directly connect to Dataverse. So calls are going direct without extra overhead. That means your flows run faster with less overhead uh, than some of the past pieces. So kind of doubling down on that native integration, you, you may have seen uh, mm-hmm. PowerApps has a similar tables experience where they've natively integrated with Dataverse as well to optimize some of those experiences. That's where, you know, as we're looking mm-hmm. to phase out the legacy connectors, double down on investment of this connector as the primary way that you can automate Dataverse through Power Automate. And we'll get, I think, get more into some of the migration questions or pieces around this uh, later mm-hmm. in the show. But the focus is on ensuring that you have control over moving your past flows to this connector. We don't want to break your connections, your business logic, those other pieces. So Currently, we have a migration assistant that can help with the migration and can help create a new copy of your flow mm-hmm. with you know, the dynamic schema and those actions and things migrated. But we haven't set it up to be fully automatic, fully behind the scenes, which we know would be much, much easier an experience. But at this point, we don't, because new connections are required and some of these other pieces, we want to make sure that you have full control over that migration experience at this point in time. And, and so you, you're... You had another question on just what is the usage of the legacy connectors today? And definitely if, if you're using the legacy connector, you are not alone. We have many, many thousands of users um, yeah. still using the legacy connectors and still you know, facing migration and, and looking at what's needed to move from these pieces. We do see more than 95% of new flows are created with the native connector. Uh, so we've kind of hit this milestone where for most scenarios, the native connector is you know, the connector that... Mm-hmm that works, that is adopted, that is being used. The body of migration is primarily on these past flows that have been created there that we want mm-hmm, to support mm-hmm. you in continuing to run and move forward uh, without interruption. And just calling out the the two major capabilities we're working towards that are not yet supported mm-hmm. in this connector are connecting to other environments uh, besides the current environment uh, and the winner row is selected trigger that you use from model-driven power apps and from your uh, Dynamics 365 apps. Uh, So both of those are things we're actively working Mm -hmm. on in the coming months uh, to bring, add support to that migration utility um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, make sure everyone has a smooth experience of moving off of the legacy connectors without interruption to their current processes. So you mentioned 95% of new flows are using the new connector. Is there any reason why you didn't make the old connector unselectable as in for anything new? So yes, fine for legacy if it's already in play, but prevent people from using that going forward. Definitely. And I, I guess part of it is because of those two scenarios I just mentioned that, you know, there's not currently a, a workaround for those. You need the legacy connector um, today for those two scenarios. So right now uh, the deprecation schedule has us turning off the connector for use in new flows in March, 2023. So that means searching for the connector, you will not see it in, in new flows by the end of March, 2023 and turned off for existing flows in October, 2023 at the earliest. Uh, and as an additional clarification there, if you have a flow that is imported through a solution or kind of stored and that connector has already been added, you can continue to import those. It's really just in the flow designer when you're searching. Um, that's the milestone for March uh, that, w- that will be turned off first. And uh, as I mentioned, our, our intent is to have support for connecting other environments, support for uh, the trigger when a row is selected um, ahead of these milestones, right? To ensure that folks don't get stuck um, without ways to reach those, those capabilities. Yeah. 
So if people don't have a dependency on those two features that are yet to be added, there's really nothing stopping them upgrading now, right, to to the new connector. Yes. Um, so we can walk through some of the steps um, to share uh, to share in more detail. If, if um, yeah, just just add clarity on some of the pieces. But if you're using the Dynamics 365 deprecated connector or the Microsoft Dataverse Legacy connector, in most cases you can go ahead and update to the Microsoft Dataverse connector, and we're working to publish, mm-hmm. I think by the time this episode goes live, we'll have an updated documentation guide that goes through uh, each of the parity features that I'm describing here, uh, the migration assistant mm-hmm. that we have, and those related steps. There are a few other limitations um, I want to call out. So if you're using a flow, um, most flows created before about June 2020 are in an older mm-hmm. schema that we cannot yet convert using the migration assistant. So a lot of the older flows that are out there actually have to be recreated manually right now. So you can move, it just has to move to the Microsoft Dataverse legacy connector or fully recreated manually with the, sorry, with the Microsoft Dataverse connector. We're working Mm -hmm. on adding support to the migration assistant so that you don't need to manually rebuild those. We understand um, some of the challenges there. Um, And we want that to be um, as easy as possible. Yeah, makes sense. One of the things we discussed was moving Dataverse from pro-code to low-code. What are you thinking about when when you think about that? Definitely. And what you see is in our Dataverse connector today, um, there's many aspects where you need to know internal logical names of your Dataverse entities or or some of the CRM aspects and action names are things that are less less familiar. You you may have built an app, customized a Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. form, and built out a whole experience for other users in your organization but you may not be familiar with those internal names or uh, those pieces until you need to write a flow that, that connects those, right? So we, we recognize mm-hmm. that that adds some significant challenges just in finding the right names for things to specify. You know, when you're doing lookups in the Dataverse connector, um, when you're writing filters today, you need the logical names and ODATA syntax for those queries, which, you know, in, in most cases we see, you know, there's ways to figure out the exact queries, but we want to make those as easy as possible. So kind of in a, in a parallel work stream to the migration experiences and those parity features that mm-hmm, I was talking about mm-hmm, on the connector, mm-hmm. we are looking to improve the usability of the connector itself. We're looking at richer lookup experiences and other controls. All those, um, you, you could almost say just, just the more challenging low-code pieces or the, the, the less low-code pieces, right? Um, to make sure that from Power Automate, you can build automations without knowing those internal names, without knowing yep. OData, those other pieces. Each of those is a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of a cliff, right? You have to go learn new syntax and find those other pieces. So we're definitely looking at ways of making those um, as easy as possible. And I did want to call out a few resources related to that as... Awesome. There's a um, just just in case other folks haven't seen these. There's a, a great community browser extension called Level Up for Dynamics 365 and Power Ups. I, mm-hmm. I can share the link with that after. And Level Up has a great overview of uh, the internal field names over uh, the form view of your data in Dataverse. So if you're trying to understand, you know, based on the form you've configured, just what the fields are, what syntax should be used, that's a great way to get there. In the built-in, the, the recently updated uh, Power Apps table view for your data, you can view. Um, there's a link from each row um, and the schema of each column to view some of the meta- metadata from that updated page. So those those are the other kind of built-in way to see internal names and uh, for lookups and other um, regarding columns and things. That's the best way to find out what exactly those column names are. That's a, that or output from other actions. And you know, if you do a list rows yeah. or a, a get a row action in the flow, I think I see a lot of people doing that. And the the other general um, resource is uh, the fetch XML builder community. Uh, project in the uh, 
Dynamics 365 uh, toolbox. Fetch XML Builder can help you create um, you know, more advanced queries, especially if you're trying to tune performance of your Dataverse queries or things or kind of reduce the load on your cloud flows. By creating a Fetch XML query, you can specify the exact columns uh, and other filter conditions, right? More than what you can do in OData. Um, and today, the um, you know, crafting those Fetch XML queries and you know, that's where tools like the Fetch XML Builder can help you uh, create those. Uh, that can really lighten the load on what data is being returned and kind of help you as you, um, you know, develop those queries and um, you know, build flows that use more specific uh, pieces of data. It's good. Uh, those guys that have created those will, will love that you've given them a shout out and you will make sure we link them in the show notes for this episode just so you can jump straight to them. When we look at optimizing Microsoft Dataverse usage, what are you thinking um, in, in that area around optimization and and making it a more compelling environment for people to build their solutions in? I'd say um, a lot of it is the, the usability aspects that I was talking about, just around mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. simply being able to use these pieces. Um, there's other investments that we're making around um, uh, streamlining licenses, discovery, uh, finding things in context of certain apps. Um, mm-hmm. Just we, we want to make those experiences easy, as easy as possible. But I'd say, um, yeah, I guess it's a, those are the main us- usability aspects um, mm-hmm. that we'd focus on. I, I would, um, you know, there, there's... Just as we were speaking about cliffs and other kind of low code pieces where, um, you know, currently, you know, there are still cases where you need to jump out and use a classic workflow or a plugin to handle certain mm-hmm. scenarios. Um, so I did want to highlight one area where the cliff isn't fully gone, but there has been a lot of work to make it um, make it better is the custom API experience um, and our business mm-hmm. events integration from the connector. Uh, so highlighting, um, I'll, I'll share a few of the links after this as well, but mm-hmm. the custom API experience for either as part of plugins or kind of on their own, uh, you can specify custom APIs and Dataverse for specific messages or business events, right? Uh, and in Power Automate, uh, those can be exposed as actions in our when an action is performed trigger. And you can also mm-hmm. invoke those actions if there's business logic behind those through the perform a bound and unbound action, depending on whether they're they're tied to a given uh, table or not. But both of those are kind of our gateways to other um, other customizations, right? Kind of at, <clears throat> at arm's reach from the flow, um, you can quickly um, tailor specific triggers, tailor specific business logic. Start, you know, some of the things that are not as straightforward to configure directly within the flow, you can still uh, easily make accessible to one of your flows um, and start extending that way. Nice. You mentioned the classic workflows and plugins, um, which are, of course, been around for a long time back on Windows Workflow Foundation. What's the? Are we any closer to not needing them um, at all? Because you know, I was <clears throat> just with a, a customer recently who says they're still extensively using Classic Workflow and not, you know, switching over to to Power Automate. What's where's your thinking at the moment in, in that space? Definitely. So yeah, we we definitely recognize for some of the core dynamics usage, especially when you have mm. millions of triggers or certain pieces. Um, and all of your logic is within Dynamics, right? Classic workflows can be simpler mm-hmm, to configure mm-hmm. in some of those scenarios. Uh, definitely acknowledge that uh, classic workflows still have their place, and we haven't fully solved that from the from the Cloudflow side, right? Um, but we are looking to make progress uh, both on the the scale aspect that I mentioned, making sure that we can support um, you know the trigger volume from Dynamics and those other pieces without mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know disruption or, or, or things that are hard to predict. And we are looking into, um, as well, synchronous execution scenarios. There's some longer-term pieces that we do want to 
improve that we've finally been able to make some um, uh, some progress on on the pl- on um, kind of I, I guess our planning and architecture side on those aspects. So definitely acknowledge um, you know synchronous runs, uh, some of the weight condition aspects, and the pre-image details that are you know you can have kind of more finely crafted triggers and things from from certain workflows. We're looking to make uh, some of those capabilities available from Cloudflow as well, so that you know you can you can leverage the whole connectors ecosystem. You can leverage the other uh, power apps embedding and all all the other um, improvements that you know come with using a Cloudflow um, instead of a workflow. One other piece I wanted to highlight on a classic Dataverse workflows is we do have a conversion utility that we're looking to uh, revamp a little bit. Okay. Say par- part of this is is lower priority than some of the migration pieces that I mentioned on the, the legacy mm-hmm, connector mm-hmm. deprecation. But we do have a converter that supports, I guess, a significant portion of the classic workflows that are out there and can help move, you know, just if you're not interested in rewriting dozens of lines mm-hmm. of classic workflow pieces, um, this converter can definitely help with that. Um, and yeah, so looking to make some aspects of that more visible as well, just on, you know, more, more than just, you know, the recommendation to use Cloudflows, we want to make sure that you can actually make that, transition as, as easy as possible without um you know having to go rewrite everything from scratch and, and everything goes with that good last question i have is what questions are you seeing most coming from the community around you know dataverse connector what are you seeing the most and and do you have any answers to any of those definitely and we do see you know tons of community feedback and engagement on our uh, power automate ideas community and our power automate building flows community and those other other spots so thank you for everyone who participates and help answer uh, questions in those forums i'd say some of the top top requests we're hearing are uh, looking for ways to make it easier to embed flows in dynamics apps and model driven power apps more than just that flow menu being able to you know say just this flow from just this context make it easier kind of an easier commanding experience uh, for for parts of that integration we've heard a lot of feedback on Bulk migration support. As an admin, how do I move from the legacy connectors, uh, mm-hmm. making that easier? Um, so as part of the documentation that I mentioned on the migration pieces, we are looking to publish a few scripts for admins as well that can help use the existing, that migration ex- <clears throat> migration assistant experience that I mentioned. We want to share some additional tools for admins that can help make that a little bit easier when you have many flows that you're looking at in your organization and you want to understand which are in scope and you know which can be moved using that tool and things offhand. And in general, just other usability pieces are the main, d- definitely some of the most challenging feedback we hear around lookups and just all those cliffs on, you know, now I need to go research O data. Now I need to, um, you know, learn new syntax or how do I get this exact internal name or expansion mm-hmm. query? And I did want to give another shout out to one of our, uh, com- excuse me, I did want to give another shout out to one of our community members, uh, Dana Cahill, who has a incredible Dataverse connector cheat sheet uh, that you may have seen online. It highlights every action, every trigger in a very clear way. So shout out to Dana for making uh, such a great resource for the community. But that has, I'd say, a very comprehensive view over uh, how to use the Dataverse connector and really an overview of everything we're looking to improve. Yeah, You know, you shouldn't need a giant PDF to understand how to use this thing. So um, we are trying to um, yeah, make, make progress in all these aspects on the connector. So yeah, those are the main pieces I wanted to call Fantastic, fantastic. We'll make sure we put links to Danny's resource in there as well. But yeah, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure and uh, really informative. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.